There's nothing weird about it. Yeah. That was hilarious. He's kind of dead. Hi. Oh, wait, we should watch. What is this thing? Why do fools fall in love? Why? Oh. <laughs> Why do fools fall in love? Wait, how's it going? Why do fools fall in love? You can just say that. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Requiem First Stream, where you rock and roll over in your grave. I'm Liz Van Patten. And I'm Emily Rosenstein. And I'm Kareen Campbell. Woo! Go team! Yeah. Sometimes Kareen. Hey. It's Kareen. <laughs> Don't confuse me. It took me years to spell your name right. <laughs> where you know me from behind me. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, so today we're talking. Do you know about how to spell my name, Emily? No, I do know how to spell your name. But it took me a while. <laughs> do you know I have family members who still spell my name C O R E E N? I just uh. think it's hilarious. I'm like, you guys don't know. What <laughs> I don't think I know. I've, I've I've heard like of Karins, but I don't know any Karines, you know, yeah. or Karinas, but no Karines. You're my only Karine. Karina, 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 Karina. Yeah. So you can introduce. Yeah, Frankie yeah. Lyman from the Teenagers. You guys know, why do fools fall in love? <laughs> what other songs did he sing? Um, I can just hum them. <laughs> he sings a song called Goody Goody, uh-huh. Itty Bitty Pretty One. Oh, Itty Bitty Pretty One. Exactly. If you're like into doo-wop or you listen to oldies, you've definitely heard... Uh, the songs by you know Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers for sure. So you know that song's definitely um, been covered by a lot of people. Why do we fall in love? So I'm sure most of you have heard of it at some point. Oh, so let's talk about Frankie, Frankie baby, Frankie baby, <laughs> Frankie baby. So Frankie Lyman was born uh, on September 30th of 1942 in Harlem, New York. Yeah, New Yorker. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> his father was a truck driver and his mother was a maid. Um, both of his parents actually sang in a gospel group called the Harlem Ears. And Frankie and his two siblings also sang in a Har- in a in the Harlem Ears Junior. So <laughs> uh, Frankie was singing for you know a long time since um, he was very young. He, um, you have to be a good singer to sing gospel, right? Like, definitely. I was in the car the other day. I was in the Uber, and they were playing. He was playing gospel music, but I didn't hear that it was like I didn't hear the stuff, that it was during, like a service. Yeah. So I just hear the music. I'm like, oh, this is great. Love this voice. And then suddenly they're talking about like they're like doing a sermon about God, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God. Ah. <laughs> so I just get to the music. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I have to preach to you in my car. I'll just skip all this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so he grew up singing from a young age. Um, his parents kind of struggled to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. A lot of families did at the time. Yeah, so back in the day. Back in the day. Harlem wasn't as nice as it is now. No. But, it's really bad. But um, now it's really nice. Parts of it. <laughs> I mean, there was like the whole Harlem Renaissance, and there yeah. were good things. Like, um, there were some really good there were some good things. But um, so yeah, they struggled to make ends meet. So Frankie had to take a job as a um, in, in a grocery store. So he works in a grocery store, and let's just go back to this time, the 1950s. Like, okay, singing groups were in terms of entertainment. Like, singing groups were a big thing. 
Mm-hmm. And like, like everybody and their mama was trying to be in a singing <laughs> group, you know. Like everybody's <laughs> trying to do a podcast. Everyone, exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so like, <laughs> we're gonna have to become a girl group. <laughs> exactly. So like, you know how podcasts are a thing now. Like there'd be like kids on the every street corner, you know, trying to like be the next big duop group. Mm-hmm. Like what? In the, what's that? The Bronx Tale. Oh yeah. Every time you see it, it goes. I love that movie, by the way. They made it like a musical. I saw it. It was good. Oh, you saw the musical? Yeah. Oh. It was good. I took my father for his birthday. It was really good. Yeah, oh, I loved God. it. Oh, God. Because I love the movie. I remember somebody at work said they saw it, and they didn't They didn't really know the movie, so they didn't really like, get into it. You have to watch the movie. And then first, someone was like, what? <laughs> what? you never <laughs> seen a Rockstar? <laughs> I got to say, it's really good. It's a really good movie. It's really good. Yeah. I, like, I, no matter how many times I've seen it, yeah. I, I always watch it. Liz, you've seen The Bronx Tale, right? No. Gotta watch Get it. Get the fuck over here. <laughs> you've not seen A Bronx Tale? I've never seen it. Get on Netflix as soon as we're done with this podcast. <laughs> that is disgusting. Is it on Netflix? Wait, but I've seen someone do, like, a one-man show of The Bronx Tale. Oh, like, yeah. some guy that was in it. Um, Chad Coleman something. I don't know. The, the actor in it who played uh, Sonny. Oh, um, Sonny? What? Or Collagena. No, no, the one who played, who played, oh, God, who was the main guy? Collagena. No, not him. The older guy. Oh, that was Sonny. Sonny, yes. Or Robert De Niro's character is dad. No, Sonny did a one-man show. Okay. I saw Chaz Palminteri. Yes, I said Chaz, but Chaz, exactly. (laughs) Okay. Well, you should see it because it's really good. There's some really great scene. That scene with the biker is really good. Yeah. And every time he sees, her name is Danielle, right? Her name is Jane. Jane. Every time he sees this girl Jane, there's like this doo-wop music. (laughs) That's so great. She's all like, I like Italian. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I always love when she says that. She's like, I mean, like Cologno better. She's like, I like, can I call you Cologno? <laughs> I love that movie. So, so funny. It's so good. I mean, it's really kind of, well, it's not really funny. <laughs> Some of it is. No, yeah. It's just, it's just a classic. And it's, it's good. It's a good movie. Yeah. I definitely recommend I'll it. I'll watch it. Watch it. <laughs> Okay, so Frankie Lyman. So, right. So, so right. Like, we're saying, like, you know, at this time, a lot of doo-wop, a lot of, you know, people, a lot of um, people were trying to get into singing groups, form their own singing groups. This included Frankie and his friends, which consisted of Jimmy Merchant, Sherman Garns, lead singer Herman Santiago, Joe Negroni, and Frankie. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they were trying to get recognized and they were singing anywhere they could. Mm-hmm. Um, at this time, they were going by the name, the, two different names, the, er- the Ermines and the Premiers. Okay. So actually, Frankie was the last one to join the group because mm-hmm. he ended up um, seeing like a local talent show of these guys performing. Uh, they were going by Coupe de Ville. That was their name <laughs> at the time. And Wait, what's... What's the song Coupe de Ville? That's oh, I'm thinking of um of Afro at Coupe 45. Oh, pulled up it. Wait. Oh my god. What's the lyric in a Coupe de Ville? Yeah. I know all the words because Liz taught me. Really? <laughs> yeah, I talked to you all. <laughs> Wait. How does it go? The Coupe de Ville part. I mean. Uh, it's just a fun thing to say. I love saying Coupe de Ville. Yeah. I feel like I gotta go through all seven minutes of the song. I know. Let me keep it in my part. head. Hold on. I have stuff about the caddy. Hold on. <laughs> the caddy. 
I can't remember. Wait, coup de ville. It was like that, though. I have to think of all the words in my head. It's real long. This is important. We have to. It's really dirty. <laughs> oh, you found the lyrics? I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. I could legitimately start rapping it right now. Liz, you want to do it? Do it, guys. <laughs> no, it's a very inappropriate song. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to say all the words. We could beep ourselves out. It's cold. cold. So roll, roll, the 83 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. If my tapes and my CDs just don't sell, I bet my caddy will. I bet my caddy will. It's like the best fucking song. Okay, I've never heard of that. Oh my God. Well, you have to listen to me and Liz rap it sometime because we do a great rendition. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) It's like if they have that, they never have that at karaoke. If they did, I would be in heaven getting up there. and You would kill it. (laughs) I'd have to leave a few words out, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I once played that song "Bitches Ain't Shit" in the car with my mom. That's nice. And my mom was like, "Your father would be so mad if he heard this." (laughs) I played the Ben Folds version. (laughs) One time, I had my iTunes open, and there's this ludicrous song called "Southern Hospitality." But iTunes kind of cut it off, so it said Southern Ho. And, oh. <laughs> and my mom was walking by, she's like, Kareen, I can't believe you're listening to this kind of song. <laughs> I was like, Mom, it's Southern Hospitality. Relax. Just relax. I actually do listen to these types of songs. But, you know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> A little ratchet music is fun sometimes. I, know, I, yeah. I have to. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, okay, I gotta go listen to Coop Bill. So right, so he, so Frankie. Okay, sorry. Continue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Frankie um caught this group called Coop de Emily's favorite. Yeah, we're just gonna sing like that for now. <laughs> At a local talent show, and he became friends with the lead singer. Herman Santiago, mm-hmm. and eventually uh, Frankie joined the group. So that's how that happened. So actually, Frankie wasn't supposed to be the lead singer of the group originally, but on the day of the group's audition for um, G Records, G E E Records, um, the lead singer Herman Santiago either fell ill or he was just late. I've heard different conflicting stories about it. So. So Frankie stepped in as lead, and as they say, the rest is history. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, the the record label, the, well, there was record producer, his name was George Goldner, and he was really impressed by the group for, like, young young kids. Like, Frankie was, what, 13? They were all in their teens. 13? Yes, Frankie was 13. They were all in their teens. They were so young. So... Little baby. I know, they were babies, so... Um, they thought they were, you know, they were really His voice good. is still changing at 13. I know. So, <laughs> um, and actually, <coughs> there's... The testicles a- haven't dropped yet. <laughs> oh, they, they have no hair. I know. <laughs> I know, they were babies. So, I think uh, Frankie was the youngest. He was actually really small for his age. So he looks like 10 years old if you see video of oh him. He's so tiny. But, um, so actually, they ended up getting the audition because... There was the lead singer of this group called, um, his name was Richard Barnett, and he sang lead uh, in this group called The Valentines. And they weren't really, like, that well-known nationally, but they were very popular on the East Coast. So, however he heard of them, I guess, in the neighborhood, he lived in the same neighborhood, and 
he knew the producer of G Records and he said, oh, you got to, you know, listen to these kids. They're really good. So he got them the audition and they didn't want to sign them. You know, they didn't want to, they weren't interested in the kid act. When they heard them, they were like, oh, it's so good, you know? So they signed them and the first song they released was Why Do Fools Fall in Love? And it ended up being their, you know, biggest hit. And a fun fact about Why Do Fools Fall in Love is that, um, so the song was co-written actually by all the members of the teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of, like, unusual back then, especially for, like, such young, you know, young mm-hmm. kids. And, you know, most of the time you have people who write these songs. So they wrote the song themselves. And um, it actually came about because their neighbor was sick of listening to them singing in front of the building. They would sing the same four or five songs. So their neighbor told them, okay, I'm going to give you a poem that my girlfriend wrote to me. It was a love poem. And the name of the poem was, um, why do birds sing so gay? And that's actually a lyric in Why Do Fools Fall in Love. Oh, yeah. So they reworked the uh-huh. poem and they turned into Why Do Fools Fall in Love. So it was kind of, you know, kind of interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's how that came about. So anyway, um, it ends up being signed and Why Do Fools Fall in Love was a big hit. And they had follow-up hit singles called like uh, the ABCs of Love and I'm Not a Juvenile Delinquent. Of course. <laughs> As long as people know he's not a juvenile delinquent. I'm not a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm a lot of things, but I am not a juvenile One delinquent. One thing I am not. <laughs> One thing I am not is a juvenile delinquent. Never that. Yeah. Never. Please, Mr. Chandler. Cry Baby? Yeah. yeah that movie. I know. That's an amazing movie. It is. That's a good one. I've seen that one. Yay! <laughs> That's an amazing movie. I love it. I was it. like in love with Johnny Depp in that oh, movie. Oh, God. Oh, he's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Okay, so. He hasn't aged. He's just covered in scarves. You can't see him now. <laughs> That's a new favorite. <laughs> he's just covered in scarves. They're just so you can't see him now. But I'm, I think he looks the same under all those scarves. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe he's hiding something. I don't know. He might have, like, gotten one wrinkle, and that's why he's wearing all those scarves. <laughs> maybe he got a, a waddle. <laughs> He's having something under there. Right? Yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. I mean, I'm somebody who's like known for wearing scarves all the time. You do wear scarves at work, and I'm just trying to hide my gut. Basically, I'm like I don't want to see my fat, so I wear scarves all the time. Like even in the summer, though, it's kind of weird. People <laughs> so like, just think you're always trying to hide a hickey. Yeah, I know. Like I always have scarves on. They're like, oh, cream. Yeah. Are you afraid your head will fall? You're like, oh, cream's always wearing scarves. Like I think that's. When we had um, Secret Santa, mm-hmm. somebody gave me a scarf because ah! they're like, Korean loves scarves. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, just remind my fat guys. <laughs> anyway, so. So, yeah. So, um, so the teenagers, even though the they were called the teenagers, but uh, disc jockeys started calling them Frankie Lyman and the teenagers. Since Frankie was a lead singer at this time, you know, uh-huh. he became the lead. So, you know, after the success of Why Do Fools Fall in Love, they go on tour um, with a lot of older guy groups, and they they uh, start kind of copying their womanizing behavior. Yeah. So, thirteen year old Frankie no. was sleeping with women who were twenty five and older. It was crazy. So, like, not only was he that thirteen, but he oh, it totally of, is. of him. <laughs> it totally was. Yeah. Not only was he thirteen, he looked thirteen. He was really, like I said, very small. Like, there's like no way you could have mistaken him for being older. Oh my god, he was so tiny. So it's kind of crazy that. This is what was going on. But that's what was happening. So he was kind of growing up fast. 
you know? Yeah. As a kid. Oh, baby. I know. He was so that young. That fuck you up so bad. I think he got really, you know, yeah. messed up. So, yeah. and um, also during this time, he had been introduced to heroin. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was a lot of that going around. Jesus Christ. So, you know, it was like way too young for all kinds of stuff. But yeah. So that happened. So his, um, his manager at the time started to give Frankie solo spots during their shows. Mm-hmm. And of course, the other members got jealous, <laughs> and they started to the record company and the management started to build a group as officially as Frankie Lyman and the teenagers mm-hmm. when they were all just supposed to be the teenagers. Mm-hmm. So it caused a lot of problems, and you know, because was teenager a new term then? Like I, I wonder. I remember watching a documentary about like the history of the teenager, and it yeah. started with like the Hitler Youth. And then, right. And um, but I think a teenager that was this is the fifties, right? This is the fifties. Yeah, it was kind of a new concept. So like the mid fifties, like, yeah. It's like everything now is geared toward teenagers. It's like they had their own like music. They had their own, you know, things. Yeah. Were, like you said being geared more towards them. I think it was a big phenomenon in the forties with Frank Sinatra. He had the Bobby Sopsers, and that yeah. was like a big thing. But the fifties was like really a time when like. You know, it was yeah. geared towards youth. A lot of music, a lot of entertainment, a lot of things were geared toward them. It's true. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I remember when I was a little kid, I always wanted to be a teenager. I thought it was the coolest thing. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, it was so awful. <laughs> Teenagers suck. I would never I think so too. <laughs> want to be a teenager again. That was so awful. Yeah, if I could go back, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd, I'd skip that part. I'd probably just go straight to my 20s. I think that was fine. I'd go straight to college. Col- yeah. yeah, but... Um, Everything else can... But teenagers, no. I wouldn't go back uh, there again. No, I'd probably skip that. I wouldn't go back there, ever. Yeah. Even though I was, like, super cute. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, you know... No. I wouldn't go back. I was miserable. <laughs> Me too. I wouldn't go back. <laughs> so, yeah. So, this called lying. They're fighting in the group. There are... Um, their manager, George Golden, you know, like I said, he began pushing Frankie as, like, a solo act. So, um, anyway, Frankie ended up leaving the group at, soon after the European tour ended. This was uh, 1957. So, really, they were only together for about 18 months, mm-hmm. you know, officially. So, you know, Frankie went off on his own. He tried to do his own, like, solo thing. But, unfortunately, he wasn't able to duplicate his success that he had with the group. So, um, so actually, you know, there was even like controversy at some of his performances. Like in 1957, he performed his single "My Girl," not the same one that The Temptations. Uh, I was going to say <laughs> it's a different song. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the "My Girl" we all know him. <laughs> not our "My Girl." Not, not our "My Girl." No. Not my girl. My girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So he performed um, his single My Girl on a live TV show. It was called The Big Beat. And he ended up dancing with a white teenage girl. And this caused a lot of controversy. Oh, shit. How old was he at this point? In 1957, maybe like 15. Okay. Yeah, about 15. So he ended up dancing with this white girl and caused a lot of backlash, especially in the South, of course. So because of this, uh, the show was uh, canceled. And that episode does not exist today. Like, someone, it's been taped over, and it's, you know, you, you can never see it today. So, just because of this whole controversy it caused. So, 
So that after that happened, um, he ended up recording um, his biggest solo hit, "Little Bitty Pretty One." I love that song. Little Bitty Pretty One. Na 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 It's a fun song to really dance to. Like I like, I actually love that song. It's a nice song. It's fun. Yeah. So his career slowly, you know, declined and by. 1960, his album sales fell big time. So um, this made his whole like, drug habit even worse. He was um, still heroining? Yeah. He actually claimed that he was introduced to heroin by a woman twice his age when he was 15. So Jesus Christ. He was really involved with a lot of older There's women. There's a lot of like child abuse going on here. It's crazy. Like, I remember yeah. in each city they performed, he, all the older women that he would <laughs> date, he would pass them off as his mother. Oh my god! He was saying there was mother. That's crazy. Stuff. That's so creepy. It's oh really crazy. God. And he got caught one time because he ended up telling this reporter that uh, two different women were his mother. So uh-huh. they caught him. Oh my god! And then they figured out. Okay, that's weird. You know, well, he's not the one doing anything wrong. Yeah, I mean, he's like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, they're yeah. You know, that's wrong. It's that totally is wrong. wrong. Yeah. I felt bad for him. I'm like, he doesn't even, you know, he was, he's going to end up fucked up. Like, like if you were like interviewed with him, he's, he's going like, to end up dead. Basically. Well, yeah. Yeah. Does. And it's dead. all because of those rapey women. Rapey. <laughs> those rapists. Pretty much. But yeah. yeah. It's totally wrong. I mean, that's yeah. insane. And even so interviews. the moral of the story but, yeah. here is don't fuck kids. <laughs> even if they're teenagers, <laughs> don't fuck them. Definitely not 18 year old. Just don't fuck them. Just don't. Just and if you're 30, now. don't give a 15-year-old heroin. Don't. Do not. Absolutely not. Do not. Keep it within your age range, guys. <laughs> Stick to the, the age limit, the, the, you know, legal limit. I think 18 is pretty standard, right? For doing heroin? No, for fucking. <laughs> I mean, for fucking younger people. Like, do you remember? What? We had the, do you remember that friend of ours in college who was, like, 19 and dated that, like, 30-year-old? Who, me? Not, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Liz is, like, Liz. Spilling, spilling all the tea on herself. She's like, ooh. <laughs> no, that's right. She always dated, like, much older. And I remember he was saying something about when he was 18 and she's, you were like, I was eight or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. Do tell. I meant, I meant um, our other friends and, like, he would come to like the the suite and it was just like weird that he was there because he was so old <laughs> he was so how old. old was he like 30 that's old but when, when you were dating um you know your 30 year old he he <laughs> had a different old. situation he started college late because of his injuries he was also 28 so he's oh. still in his 20s Okay, not as bad. And you were eighteen. You were legal. Nah, to be honest, that was super creepy. I realized. Yeah. Think about it now. He wasn't as threatening though. Hmm. He became a little threatening. He was a little threatening. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking back on it. Well, you got to think about what a twenty-eight-year-old man is doing with an eighteen-year-old girl. You know what they're doing? Like, well, I mean, like, what is he, obviously. Like, why can't he get a girl in their 20s? Like, you yeah, know, like, yeah. what is he doing Closer with this freshman? Age, right? Yeah. Like, barely legal? Yeah. It's yeah, pretty, barely it's legal. Sick. It's probably pretty sick. Like, I... So, Liz, I'm sorry. Like, you were legal then, so you're not technically raped. 
Oh my god. <laughs> it's not statutory rape because you were 18. Well, it's good to know. But it was still creepy of him. It's creepy. Not it, it, it creepy of him, yeah. Yeah, right. It's 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 got like a creep factor. What it's do you like, have in It's like an Aziz Azari, but not on a, a Harvey Weinstein. You know, there's there's Harvey Weinstein. You're more of it. You're that was more of Aziz Azari type. Of oh my god! What? <laughs> what? I'm making it topical. That's an interesting analogy. <laughs> on the scale of rapiness. Oh my god. <laughs> But don't you, I mean, there's totally a double standard, though, here. Like, could you imagine if this was, like, a 13-year-old girl sleeping with guys who were, like, oh, absolutely. 25, Well, actually, 30, yes. Roman Polanski. Right. Or, like, and what about Jerry Lewis and his cousin who was 13? Natalie Wood. We know, like, things happen. She was... Douglas. Yeah, a bunch of kids were sent to Frank Sinatra's house. I don't know what happened there. You know? Like, it's a lot... I know it. But I'm like, you know, this is kind of like... A lot of kids were, like, forced to have sex with older people then. crazy. I mean, not that this kid was forced, but... But it's it's up to the adults wrong, to know that it's wrong. And like, if you listen to his interviews, he's like, "Oh yeah, I was always like, even though I was thirteen, I was really a man." Though <laughs> I know guys always think, think that it's like, no, you weren't a man. You just like, no, guys always think yeah. like that that they're it's like emasculine to have been like victimized. Yeah, they don't want to admit that. Yeah, like, all these creepy teachers we keep hearing about women teachers who are sleeping yeah. with their male well at students, the time it like, doesn't feel creepy to them. It's years later that they're all fucked up, right? Like, I remember I knew a guy, and he was, um, like, uh, he had sex with his babysitter when he was a kid. Nice. And, you know, he was, like, a sex addict, and he was really fucked up after that. I, like, yeah, that'll mess you up. Yeah, that's what Big happens. Impact, like, yeah. you think, everyone thinks, like, it doesn't happen to boys, but it does. Like, oh, totally. They're, and they're, it fucks them up as it's not much. not talked about as much, but it does happen. Yeah. yeah. No, it must be even harder because, well, I guess, you know, they, they brag about it like, you know, it was okay, yeah. but, yeah. It's really not. No. No. It's not okay. Mm-mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on. So, right. So, <coughs> so right. So, he um, was having problems with drugs and eventually he was dropped from his record label and he entered rehab um and actually in 1965 when he was about 23 at the time he reunited with the teenagers very briefly Mm -hmm. but they weren't able to repeat the you know their earlier success so so after this time frankie decided to you know wasn't having any luck with uh, his music career, so he decided to join the military. And while he was stationed in Georgia, he met a woman there, a school teacher, Am- Amira. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking school teacher. <laughs> so she, I think she was a bit older than him, but he was of age at the time. He was 23, okay. I think. Oh, okay. So it's fine. okay. So she was able, she, he thought she would be able to help him turn his life around. So you know, they got married. He was living in Georgia for a while with her and he seemed to be pretty happy there he would be um but you know he could never get like the music bug out of his system he always was wanting to perform and he performed locally and the thing is that um even when he would perform people always wanted him to sing why do fools fall in love 
Only thing wow. is, he was a 13-year-old kid at that time, and his voice was like a high soprano back then. Uh-huh. So he, was not, he, he wasn't able to replicate that sound, and it was frustrating for him because his voice had actually like developed into a much deeper, as he got older, he sounded more like someone like a, like a Nat King Cole or someone at this point when he got into you know, a little bit older. So he was frustrated by this. He was saying, wow, do Right. So he started lip syncing to his 13-year-old vocals, no. which is kind of ridiculous because there's no way he'd be able to duplicate that in his 20s, you know? But mm-hmm. that's what people wanted to hear, I guess he thought. So he did it. So um, he got an opportunity in 1968 to uh, restart his career. He was going to sign. He had signed to this new label called Big Apple Records. Um, so he signed with them and he, he was scheduled to record um, on February 28th of 1968. Um, he was scheduled to record new material, but uh, just the day before, he was actually found dead on the floor of his grandmother's bathroom in New York. He had died of a heroin overdose. So... Oh, shit. Yeah, so he was just in New York to record and revive his career, but... How old was he? He was 26. 26. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, his heroin habit, um, unfortunately, taken over again, because yeah, at one point it had become, you know, become really bad. He was selling a lot of his possessions to finance his addiction, and even his former manager, Morris Levy, sold his publishing rights to Why Do Fools Fall in Love mm. for a measly $1,500. Mm-hmm. So he ran through all that money, and you know he had a sad ending in that sense. So, um, so right. So after Frankie's death, there became like a re- renewed interest in him and the teenagers. And like a couple years, like years after he died, Why Do Fools Fall in Love? It was used in a Hallmark commercial, and then it was used in that movie American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. And most famously, uh, Diana Ross. Uh, covered the song and she made That's it into right. a huge hit you know, yeah. again so there's all this renewed interest so people close to Frankie started wondering um, where's all this royalties for like who's getting all this money so his widow at the time he was married yeah he was married to Amira the school oh teacher. the school teacher okay so he's married to Amira she went to his former manager um, uh, Levy and she asked him for royalties. Of course, he told her, no way. Because <laughs> so even though Frankie had sold his publishing rights to the song, his name was solicited as a co-writer. Mm-hmm. So the wife was hoping to get royalties. Guess what? Big surprise. The manager said, Frankie is married. Did you say no, no, Frankie, no. yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Frankie was married to two other women. Oh, fuck. That he never divorced. What? <laughs> He's so, like A.J. Jones. <laughs> So, she, it was a big bomb. He dropped her. What? So, yeah, that was... Oh, my God. There's even a whole, that coming. There's a whole movie about it, about what? his being married to three women. So, oh my, Who were the other women? So, one woman was named Zola Taylor. She was a member, a singer of The Platters. Mm-hmm. And then another woman was Elizabeth Waters. She wasn't in, in the entertainment. So, he had met them both before he met Amira and... He just never bothered to pursue no, apparently. So, that's crazy. So, um, so you know, there was a big court battle. All three women were in court saying that they all were entitled to royalties from Why Do Fools Fall in Love. Because they were all his, you know, his... They his all wife. should get paid. That's fucked. <laughs> that's crazy. So, yeah, it's insane. So, um, the former manager, 
keep forgetting his last name, but let I mean first name. Okay, former manager Levy. He offered to pay twenty thousand dollars to the woman who could prove she was Frankie's legal wife, which was nothing. That uh, wasn't enough money. So anyway, they went to court. So nineteen eighty six, all women went to court. Um, the court ruled <coughs> that Zola Taylor, the one who was a singer in the Platters, they said that her her marriage was deemed a hoax to Frankie for whatever reason. Uh. And Elizabeth Waters, now they. It was she. She did have a common law marriage to Frank, Frankie, but ultimately she couldn't prove it. Uh, That's, so Amira uh, ended up winning. They ruled in favor of Amira, so the third wife. So, but guess what? It doesn't end there. <laughs> well, it's not over. The two surviving members of the teenagers said, "Hey, Frankie didn't write that song alone. We wrote it too. We co-wrote it." So they took Amira to court, and they said, we deserve the royalties for that song. Drama, drama, drama. So they took her to court. The courts ruled in the surviving members of a teenager's favor. Amira took them to court. Oh, my God. <laughs> her. So they went to, um, you know, they went to the appellate court, and the appellate court reversed the decision, and Amira ended up winning, and she was, she ended up winning, um, getting $1 million. Shoot. From Frankie's royalties from the song Why Do Fools Fall in Love. And none of the teenagers ever got a dime. And it's unfair because if they really they did code, write it, yeah. they wrote it, then they should have seen, they should have gotten money from it. So it's, it's totally wrong. So they said the only good thing about it was that they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I guess they were happy about that being recognized in that sense. But, <coughs> you know, they never saw a dime from that song that, you know, generated so many, you know, yeah. such a big success. And um, actually, you know, Frankie was, you know, they were, he was really talented. Like, I listened to his songs as, as an adult, and he sounds like someone like, a, like I said, like an Atkin Cole or a Sinatra or a Sammy Davis mm-hmm. Jr. Like, his adult voice was amazing. So it's like, it's crazy that people were trying to make him lip sync to 13-year-old recordings of himself when he had a beautiful voice as an adult. Yeah. Um, and it's really sad. But he, a lot of people believe that Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers were the blueprint for the Jackson 5. I was going to say, because he's so young, it reminded me of the Jackson 5. Yeah, he was like 13. He had the high soprano voice. So I believe Barry Gordy, um, you know, um, modeled kept that high voice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They modeled him, uh, you know, the Jackson 5 after Frankie Lyman. So he had a really interesting story. Unfortunately, you know, he had an untimely death. But yeah, that was some like, uh, <laughs> it's crazy with the three wives. Oh my god. I know. I was like, yeah, there's a whole movie about it with Vivica A. Fox and Halle Berry. Oh, good one. Yeah, so. What's the movie called? It's called Why Do Fools Fall in Love. Yeah. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Great. So, what's your, you know, like, what's your uh, first memory of Frankie Lyman? Like, probably the movie. Like, I think that's when I first heard of him when I saw, I mean, the movie came out in the 90s, and I remember seeing the movie and I just thought, like, oh, that's crazy. He's married to three women. And there was, like, a scene where, like, he throws one of his wives, like, he threatens to throw one of his wife's dogs out the window. And she was, like, so close. Yeah, she was so attached to the dog. She's like, no, Frankie, not my dog. Because she was, they got into a huge fight, and she was telling him, like, what a loser he was. And I guess he had been, like, on drugs or drinking. He's like, oh, I'm going to, you know. He, like, held the dog out the window and accidentally (gasps) got dropped. And I know the wife was, like, um, like, she, like, I don't know, she, like, almost fainted. It was horrible. I don't know if this, like, really happened in real life, but, um... Did the dog die? Yeah, I think it did. But, uh, it was so sad. I know. That's what I remember watching in the movie. I'm like, 
So I don't know what really happened, but um, yeah, it was so sad. And you know, there's a website yeah. like did the dog die? Does the dog die? dot com. I go yeah. there before seeing movies a lot of so times. You won't see the movie of the dog. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can't deal with animals dying. It's too hard, and dogs especially. I know. It's just too too hard. Yeah. Have you seen Isle of Dogs? What? Have you seen Isle of Dogs? That no, Wes Anderson film. I really film? want to see that. I haven't seen it. I've heard of it. Yeah. Have you seen it? It's really good. Yeah. Oh, so good. good. I want to see it. I know. I keep needing to see it. It's playing at the Alamo, and I love going there. I just like love the Alamo. Yeah. It's <laughs> right. Like, oh, that's awful with the dog. I know. It's horrible. Whereas you in the you remember in the Sopranos. When she has that little dog and the guy gets high and sits on it because it's so small and he suffocates yeah. the dog. <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah so. but like I would never sit on you, Tilly. <laughs> Tilly, <laughs> and she never threw out the window either. Never, never. <laughs> what would you do if a guy threw Tilly out the window? Oh, Kill my him. god, there would be blood. It's over for him. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I think that's right. That's I think you should like really do time for animal abuse. I think like that's. Oh yeah, I think it's serious. I think yeah, ad- animal abuse, child abuse, women abuse, rape, all that kind of. They stuff. don't stay in jail for very long. None of those crimes, but they should. Yeah, I think it's totally those wrong. should be the long crimes. It's disgusting when people take it. Drug crimes, yeah. eh, maybe a year at most. You know, like what? Are, those aren't so bad. But like no. violent crimes like that, like yeah. against animals. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, I think it's, kids. Horrible. it's horrible. And we should break bottles of da- of Jack Daniels over their head before they go to prison. Yes, I think that's yes. Let's do that. Weird. Yeah. In the spirit of Janice. Yeah. 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 Janice would love it. <laughs> Bottle fight. Yeah. That's like an epic form of punishment. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, we could also throw them out the window. You know? That's another uh, like, like how you yeah. use that job. You're getting the same abuse. See how you like it. Yeah. I really, oh I God. really fucking animal abusers. It's only going to escalate to a person. Like, if you can kill an animal, then, like, what else are you killing? That's one of the first signs that someone's, like, a killer. You know, like, a lot of serial or, killers, don't they have a history they, of animal abuse? They, the, the, yeah. The, yeah, tri- they the McDonald triad is, like, I think um, it's. Wetting the bed at a later age than you should be. Yeah. Killing animals and enjoying setting fires. Yeah, so fires three, is another one. Yeah, yeah. those those are the um, those the McDonald triad. Every like most serial killers have those three things in common. Yeah. I know that because I know a lot about serial killers. <laughs> we know. <laughs> you guys heard about the um? They caught the uh, the Golden yes. State Killer. Golden yes. State Killer, yeah. Yeah. I just bought her book a week ago before that happened. I and I'm like, holy that. shit. I kind of want to read it. I'm. There's also a podcast on it, a three-part one, just about the making of the book. It was really good. Hmm. Yeah. No, they have a, a bunch of people speak. I'm really excited to read it. I can't believe, like, I didn't know it was out yet, and then I saw it in a bookstore. Days later, they catch the killer. It's crazy. Crazy. I know. I'm, it's so upsetting that, that she wasn't here to see that, because it was, like, a yeah. obsession. What's up? Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts, or is that pretty much it? Right? Well, if you Frankie? like Frankie Valley, <laughs> like pretty much a lot of other doo-wop, doo-wop I guess. Yeah, lot, maybe um, Frankie Valley. Sorry, Frankie, Frankie Lyman. Frankie Lyman. But you would like Frankie. <laughs> you would like Frankie. Valley yeah, you as probably well. would. Yeah. Four seasons. You know, the four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Temptations. Who? The Temptations. Temptations. Yeah. yeah. Probably the four tops. Stacks and five, of course. Yeah. Um, I would. I think you would like like Bobby Darren. Bobby Darren is good. Yeah. The or Beach Boys. Beach Boys. Beach Boys. Yeah. 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 Um, are the Platters were mentioned in this as yeah. well. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
for some other duop groups. The Flamingos who sing I Only Have Eyes for You. Uh, that song. Yeah. Oh, the Drifters. The Drifters, yes. One of my favorites. The Drifters are awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there are others that we... Yeah, we have to compile this list. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so the, the Four Seasons, right? Who else? The Inspirations. <laughs> um, yeah. A lot of the basically duop groups. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you would like Bruno Mars also. Yeah, you talk about a contemporary, contemporary oh, musician. You like Frank? You're probably like Bruno probably too. like Bruno Mars. You'll probably like uh, well Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Um, well, so you probably like boy bands. Like you probably like NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> you might like and them. together and together mm-hmm. 98, 98, 98 degrees. Can't forget them. <laughs> yeah, you probably like them. You know. Um. um and saying because Chris Kirkpatrick has that really high voice. Oh, yeah, he does. Oh. Yeah, he really sang, but he did have a really high voice. Yeah. True. Yeah. Justin Timberlake has a high voice. You'd like him in a solo event, solo career. I'm sure you've all heard of him. Yeah, um, you've all heard of him by now. Um, Who? <laughs> probably the Osmonds. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, let's see. Like any like pop group, pop or doo wop, you know, doo wop. Yeah. You, you would like the Beatles, the Monkeys, yeah, the yeah, Rolling Stones, and yeah, the I Turtles, mean, the Association, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the Zombies, <laughs> Zombies. Um, who sings House of the Rising Sun again? Oh, the Animals, the Animals. Uh-huh. I love that song, amazing song. Yeah, <laughs> and um, oh, who's the other one I'm thinking of? Um. The zombies. There's someone I really like. I forgot. It's like, it's, I think they're Sonic? Is it Sonic? Fuck. Well, I don't know what's slipping my mind. There's a band, I think they're called Sonic, that I really like. Sonic Youth? No, not Sonic Youth. I like Sonic Youth. Yeah, Sonic Youth I mentioned in another <laughs> list. But Sonic Youth does not remind me of... <coughs> they're a little different. But I do yeah, Sonic Youth on another list. A little list. bit. That I'll show you. But, um, but, oh my god, wait. The Sonics. The Sonics. The sorry. Sonics. The Sonics. Uh-huh. I love the Sonics. They're There's so a lot of those back then. Yeah, the oh, case. Yeah, <laughs> so many of those. Um, actually, so Little funny. Anthony and the Imperials. I'm a big fan of their, like, a lot of their songs. They sing, well, I think I'm going out of my head. Uh, and they have a lot of good songs. So if you like Frankie and Teenagers, you'd like them, you'd like. Uh, the Cadillacs, you like, a lot of those. Anybody who yeah. know, you'd love <laughs> Basically. Well, what I like about the Sonics is they're kind of like a prequel to punk a little bit. Like, a little huh. bit. Like, if you listen to them, there's something punky in there. Huh. You've probably heard them, um, Season of the Witch and Psycho. You know, they sing that this is the season of the witch. No. Google it. They're fucking great. Okay. They're like, a pretty, they're like, they like, they're in there. Them and the kids, they like, they're in the roots of punk somewhere. I swear. Um, okay. The Drifters, the Platters, Buddy Holly, uh, the Jackson Five, Paul Anka, the Blue Jays, the Cadillacs, the Contours, the Cordettes, Dion, the Duprees. Elvis, The Four Seasons, The Flamingos, Little Anthony and the Imperials, Marvin and Johnny, The Marvelettes, The Penguins, The Premiers, uh, Robert and Johnny, The Shirelles, 
um, the Supremes, the Temptations, the Valentines, the Velvets, and the Velvetones. <laughs> 